Hello, everyone. This is Spark My Muse, and I'm your host, Lisa DeLay. You're listening to Soul School, Lesson 141, on how to change the world. Before I get into the show, I just have a few housekeeping things and a few announcements to make. First of all, I'd like to talk about my upcoming event in June, June 5th through 7th in 2020 in Santa Fe, New Mexico and Chimayo, New Mexico. This is a destination retreat experience and there is a deadline for the launch price rates. It's an excellent price for two nights and meals plus the program. But the launch price tickets, the final day is October 31st 2019. There will be early bird rates, but the launch price is significantly less than the early bird rates. So if you are at all interested in seeing what's going on in New Mexico for a fantastic retreat experience that is slow-paced, focused on rejuvenation, a pilgrimage of the heart, I urge you to go to sacredspacessantafe.eventbrite.com or go to my website, sparkmymuse.com, to find a link to get to that event page. Get your tickets or read about the information as soon as you can and jump on that. The spaces are very limited, and we are so excited to have you. I also want to give a special shout out to Michelle Williams for coming on on the executive team for this event and helping with so many of the moving parts that would be very, very difficult to do that without her. The second thing I want to share is a really cool announcement. I've signed papers to be in contract with Fortress Press to write a book that's coming out in probably spring of 2021. And tentatively, it's called... Subtitle will probably be decided later. I'm so excited to share some of my work with you. I've been wanting to write a book on spiritual formation to be traditionally published since about 2007. And this will be related to spiritual formation, the landscape of the heart, and a lot of other things that can get in our way of growing closer to God and intimacy with God can hamstring our spiritual practices. I will be sharing much more of my journey writing this book, which has a rather tight deadline of June 1st. I will be sharing much more of this journey and sharing pieces with you as you support the show at a dollar or more at patreon.com forward slash spark my muse. I can't wait to give you some insider stuff. There's some things waiting for you there already. If you'd like to support my work and support spark my muse podcast. I thank you so much for doing that because as I do this podcast and finish this book, I don't have time to do anything else that would bring in income. So it's very important that I have some extra support to help me meet the bills of this podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this show, for supporting me, even if you're just sharing the show with someone else or sending me an encouraging note. It means the world to me that you would do that. Today, I'm going to be talking about something I was watching on YouTube. Reverend Angela Tilby, 2014, gave a talk called Glimpses of the Divine. She talked about things that she sensed in her lifelong vocation. The talk was about how she sensed the call of God on her life, even from the earliest moments, her earliest memories, was of a numinous encounter when she was only two years old. And she sensed something very powerful and ungraspable, something intimate about the divine. 
when she was in a church with her mother in England, in London, and with her brother. And her mother actually described this experience back to her, and her memory formed. It's difficult for two-year-olds to actually remember something, but she remembered the memory of her mother telling her this. And something about God and the mystery of God, the ineffable mystery of God and the experience of the divine somehow grasped hold of her and gave her a taste for something beyond. This stayed with her throughout her whole life in her education, as she worked for the BBC for 21 years, teaching at Cambridge and as a vicar in ordained life. She kept studying in religious studies and moving toward this numinous, moving toward God in whatever way she could. And she spoke about how when we consider our vocation, especially when we're younger in our teens or 20s or even further on, we hope to change the world. We hope to make an impact in a kind of powerful way that feels meaningful to us and that will have some kind of meaning in the greater world or in our community in some kind of way. There's something about wanting to change the world that can be a powerful hold on us and and can motivate us to seek out the education and the experiences and the possibilities that will bring this to come to pass. And this drive is a big motivating factor in decisions in our lives, opportunities that we decide to take. And there's nothing wrong with this. This is extremely common for so many people. And why shouldn't it be? What's wrong with doing big things, making stuff happen and being an influencer? We hope to leave the world better off than when we first got here. I saw on Twitter a post just the other day, and it said, followers are changed by their environments, but leaders change their environment. This was a leadership post, of course, and it seemed to be meant to motivate readers of the post to take control and make a difference and force change upon people, places, and things to make sure the environment isn't left without that mark that we make on it. But in the course of this talk, Reverend Tilby said something that she learned from living deliberately and really becoming wise over the years. She didn't say she had become wise, but that's what I gathered as I listened to her. After learning and listening and finding out a lot about meaning and how much of our lives are only really played out with a kind of madness upon a stage full of sound and fury and eventually signifying nothing too much, she said something that left an impression on me. It's really this way. How the world changes you is really what counts, she said. And I think she's right. How the world changes you is really what counts. So how can this be? This might be disappointing, this realization to some of us who've been making some real progress on our career track or making gains in the marketplace or climbing up a ladder of some sort of success or seniority, maybe accumulating degrees, or accolades, or adding to our tribe somehow, maybe in terms of progeny, followers, or students, or disciples, or even groupies or cult members, depending on what we're interested in. And leading is so sexy, right? Nobody gets a master's degree in followership. And we really think we should be changers of the world, not so much be changed by the world. So why does she say this? What has she learned? 
And I think it's because leading, unless it's leading through real service and giving up of our ambitions and egos that blind us towards becoming better people, leading gives us prestige. And prestige is distracting. At the end of it all, you realize it's a fool's errand. Better things happen and restoration happens when we actually get out of the way for something bigger to happen, something better to happen. And by partnering and collaborating and not soaking up the spotlight is how real world change is made, not through a sage on the stage who has all the answers, who wants to make a big impact on the world. That's where we get megalomaniacs. And so Reverend Tilby says, we do this by listening and receiving and then responding. We allow the world to change us. And in turn, we can do something about what is up in the world, what is troubling those in the world. We do it by listening, receiving, and then responding. And this is also how, in part, spiritual formation works too, positive spiritual formation, the kind of work in our hearts that brings us more in touch with God's will. What does God want for the world, the people of the world, and the people in our little world? This is the work of God. Actually, it doesn't have to do with our big plans to change the world and be amazing. It is not in bettering our standing or making our mark so the world remembers us in our great talents, in our great influence. Tilby said she learned five important things that are better than trying to change the world. First, to listen and to watch. Then to attend, to pay close attention. And then there's the matter of discipline. And she said it doesn't all come spilling out the things that we're supposed to do, but it takes some carefulness and some craft. What we decide to do in the world doesn't come haphazardly. It comes by habits and discipline and practices to get what we want to get done well and done properly. For instance, if you're writing a book like I'm trying to do, it's not going to just come out in one piece. I have to diligently go to that page every day and write something down even when I don't feel like it, even when it feels like it's coming out a terrible mess. And you have to go about doing the thing every single day that you need to do, even if you think it's not working out or you feel like you're faltering. It takes a discipline of going back again and again and again. And she also says spontaneity is a part of it too. Being able to roll with things. She says that's where the truth can actually be, sort of hiding in the spontaneity. And when we're rigid to the functions and forms and plans we already have in our own minds and not adaptable with spontaneity, we can really miss out on what we need to hear and respond to that's happening in the world. And finally, she says collaboration. Collaboration is so important because when we're busy trying to make our mark on the world and change the world and do something fantastic, we forget that we is much better than me. We gets things done much better. It might be harder to cooperate and collaborate. Ultimately, it still is better. It might not give you all the credentials and credits that you want, but 
if you really are interested in making the world a better place, it doesn't exactly matter who gets the credit. You'll be forgotten even if you get the credit anyway. So when Tilby says how the world changes you is what really counts, she's talking about some of the things that Jesus did. Did Jesus change the world when he died and a little band of followers knew about it? Well, not right away, actually, no. Almost nobody knew about it. It was just that the followers of Jesus were so changed by Jesus' ministry and Jesus' miracles and the resurrection of Jesus that they dedicated their whole lives to that event, to that man, to that weird God-man, enough that they were all killed for it, which is just craziness. If it wasn't true, they should have just recanted. And little by little, the word spread and the transformation in their lives was evident and the transformation in the lives of the people that they influenced was evident. And it just spread and spread and spread until it became a worldwide religion. And Jesus wasn't a Christian. <laughs> His followers were. And Jesus changed the world by responding, listening to the world not by going out to make a big mark on it and get all this stage presence and be a big influencer and have a fantastic Instagram with lots of great selfies. So whatever it is that you're doing, however it is that you can keep plodding along in the work that you do in the world, whether it's simply listening to an older person talk or taking care of the young children you have at home or helping out with some homework or just being a good friend. Remember that it's how the world changes you that really counts. It's how you listen and receive and then respond that does a lot of the changing. And of course that changing starts within you. And then it ripples out from there. I learned a lot from Reverend Tilby that I'm gonna be chewing on for a while because it restructures everything we've been taught about leadership and we've been taught about being change agents, as they say. Are we so excited to be change agents and feel important that we forget about listening and receiving and responding and we forget about just being present and showing up in someone's life and encouraging them? But when it really counts are those times when we've shown up and I thank you so much for showing up just to listen to this. And maybe it will make a little bit of an impact in your life. And I hope you'll share this program with someone else. I would love for somehow for it to spread. I'm really a nobody when it comes to broadcasting or books or anything really that matters. But I know that if I come back week after week and work day after day, at putting good things into the world, it might make a difference somehow, in some way, and that's what I hope happens. I know my name will be forgotten, and I know maybe even this episode will be forgotten five minutes after you listen, but if it changes one thought in your mind for the better, then it was worth it. Join me next week for another episode, and may God bless you.